not working. What was that noise? I see something outside. Don't go out there! Prepare yourselves for a dark and twisted tale. Wanna play a game? How long can you survive? Okay, seriously? Why are we outside our cabin recording this week's episode instead of inside? Because everyone knows you're supposed to tell scary stories by a campfire. Not the safety of our vacation rental. We record most of our stories in the living room, where it's warm. Well, I wanted to add a little extra, you know, oof to our story this week. <laughs> this better be worth all the cold and torture you're putting me through. Okay, we went over this last time. Bring a jacket. I would if you would given me yours. No, that's, that's not happening. No, it's my jacket. I wore it for me to keep myself warm. It's our jacket. No, <laughs> bring your own Ours. jacket. Why do I need Ours. to be cold? Why do I have to be cold? Because I get cold easier than you do. It's not happening. Fine, but I'll get my revenge later. Okay, I, I don't like the sound of that nor that little attitude you got going on. So I'm gonna continue with the podcast. So, <laughs> this tale is another one that not a lot of people are aware of or know about. Not many people know about it? Sounds questionable to me. Okay. But this is the tale of the Trucky Troll. The what now? The Trucky Troll. Sounds stupid, but okay. Okay, you know what? You're a writer. You should know coming up with names to, like, things is pretty hard. Only if you're not creative. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, that's very rude. All right, I don't appreciate the attitude going on here. Be better. Or, better yet, stop taking us to a forest where people get murdered just so we could record a podcast outside, which doesn't make sense anyway. Valid point, but I'm going to continue with the podcast anyways, because we're already here, and it's all set up, and we're outside, so you're going to have to deal with it, Tori. <laughs> Fine. Welcome back to Tales of Grim, everyone. This is your host, Tyler. And I'm Tori. <laughs> and get ready for this terrifying tale of the Trucky Troll. Viewer discretion is advised. In 2001... A young couple named Mary and Josh Newark decided to plan a trip to a small cabin in the town of Truckee. For those that don't know, Truckee is a small town that's close to Lake Tahoe and is surrounded by this large mountainous forest. Josh was a 26-year-old graphic designer, and Mary was a 29-year-old administrative assistant who worked for an IT company. They were married for about two years before they started talking about having children, Josh had always wanted kids, but Mary was a little reluctant. Apparently, she grew up as an only child, and her parents weren't the most loving or affectionate towards her. Her father was an alcoholic, and her mom basically pretended like that wasn't a problem. Apparently, he did like a lot of shady stuff, but that's a whole story for another time. Basically, all the trauma caused Mary to 
fear having kids. You know, because she didn't want to end up like her own parents. She didn't want to be a bad mom. She didn't want to put a child through something. Even though she knew she wasn't exactly like her parents, but she still didn't want to risk it just in case. Also, like, Mary's friends knew she did not want this at all. But after a bit of convincing, she reluctantly agreed to go on this romantic trip for the weekend with Josh. Guess he was a smooth talker or something. Because for everything that I heard about, she just did not want this at all. But he was just like, hey, what's up? Come with me on this trip. I mean, they were married, but whatever. (laughs) So they planned this whole weekend romantic getaway thing. And lucky for them, or rather unlucky for them, Josh's older brother had a cabin in, guess where, Tori? Oh, God, please don't tell me it's the cabin we're staying in. The correct answer is Truckee. I'm going to continue with the podcast. Josh's brother, whose name is Alex, owned the cabin here in Truckee. And the couple left very early in the morning on December 15, 2001. There was a light snowfall the night before, so the roads were covered in snow. I mean, like, you know, it wasn't like a blizzard came in, but, you know, there was enough to where it's like it made it a pain in the butt to drive in the snow. And the worst part was Josh was not, like, an outdoorsy person at all. Like, guy couldn't throw a football, apparently. And because they were driving in the snow, he needed to put chains on his tires, which he didn't know how to do. So the couple... Kind of sounds like Cree. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But the couple ended up stopping off at, you know, this, like, local general store, like, on the way to Truckee. And Josh was having trouble putting the chains on his tire. Apparently some of the locals watched them and instead of being nice and helping him put the chains on the tire, they just kind of walked by and kept going. But we know eventually he got the chains on his tires because at approximately 11.33 a.m., Josh called his brother from a phone in the cabin to tell them that they arrived. And this phone call would be the last time anyone ever heard from Josh and Mary. The following Monday, Josh and Mary didn't arrive at their jobs, and Josh's boss ended up calling Alex because he was Josh's emergency contact, you know, it was his older brother, first call, whatever. And Alex ended up lying to Josh's boss and told him that they were actually at the hospital with Josh because Alex hurt his foot and Josh was just taking care of him. So, you know... Alex had no idea where his brother was, you know, he could have told the truth, but for some reason he thought, oh, you know, my brother and his wife are up at my cabin for the weekend, they probably stayed a little bit longer, you know, just in case. So, you know, he was trying to give an out for his brother, but after he hung up with the boss, he called his cabin, you know, just to check in, just to make sure. No answer. So, he called again. No answer. Alex is getting very worried at this point. So he decides to call the local law enforcement in Truckee. And, you know, he reports that his brother and his sister-in-law are at his cabin that he owns. You know, he is three to four hours away, so he can't drive there right away. So could you just go in and do a wellness check on him? And one of the officers says, sure, you know, uh, we'll check on him shortly. Law enforcement arrives about an hour after Alex makes this phone call to him. The officer got out of his vehicle and approached the cabin. He walked up to the front door and started yelling to see if anyone was there. 
but there's no answer. So, you know, he started knocking, you know, again, calling out police or sheriff. I don't know exactly if it was a cop or a sheriff or what truck he has, but law enforcement. I'm guessing the car was still there? Yeah, car was still there. Or at least, to my knowledge, the car was still there. So, you know, after, you know, a couple minutes of yelling and knocking, he doesn't hear anything, he looks through the front window. That's when he notices everything inside is just wrecked. So he pulls out his gun, and he decides to try to go around the back to see if there's another way in. When he makes his way to the back of the cabin, he sees that the back door has been completely torn off its hinges. It's like cracked, a little bit destroyed, off to the side somewhere. He sees this large trail in the snow going off into the forest. And he sees this, but his first thought is, I need to check inside. So he goes inside the cabin. And he's walking through the kitchen. He's yelling, you know, to see if anyone's there. That's when he looks over at the kitchen sink and he sees there's blood all over the sink. It's all over the counter. And he sees this like washcloth that looks like it's been drenched in blood. And at this point, he's now getting nervous. So he starts walking and then he enters the living room. And like I said earlier, the living room was destroyed. The couch is overturned. There's blood drenched in the carpet. He sees scratches all over the walls and like the TV was smashed in and destroyed and everything. He sees like some kind of trails of scratching and blood that lead into the bedroom. So, or maybe let out of the bedroom. Either way, there was like a trail from bedroom to living room, kitchen, out the door. So he goes to the bedroom. It looks like the door to the bedroom was just completely punched in. Like there's wood fragments everywhere. He can see inside. And as he's looking through the door, he sees the remains of Josh lying up against the wall on the floor. And blood is just all over him. So at this point, he runs back out to his car. He calls for backup, goes back in and assesses the body more. Upon examining Josh, he sees that there are scratch marks all over his face. And Josh was missing his right middle finger, ring finger, and pinky finger. Almost like something bit his hand off. His stomach was torn completely open, and there was this massive hole like something almost like punched through him. His guts were all over the floor and kind of squished. It was really gross, honestly, from what I read. Eventually, the other officers arrived, and they saw the scene. They're all kind of panicking, and then one of the officers goes, have you checked this trail leading out of the back? And the first officer, the first responder was like, no, I haven't. I was waiting for backup, because <laughs> as you can see, there's something happened in this house. Yeah, you don't ever want to follow the trail by yourself. out into the forest, especially by yourself. Yeah, yeah. Especially, you know, when there's snow, and now this entire cabin is destroyed. Like, no, 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 I'm waiting for backup before I'm going further out. Like, there could be someone in danger, but, you know, that's a scary situation. Yeah. So now there's five cops total. Um, I don't know if all of them were with the Truckee Police or Sheriff Department, whatever it was, but there were five of them. And they're all armed, so they decide to follow the trail. And the weirdest thing about the trail was it looked like someone was being dragged through the snow, but because of the amount of time... Snow was starting to cover some of the trail, but they still had a pretty good idea of where it was leading because there were giant footprints that looked like it was dragging something. So when I read that, my first thought was like Bigfoot. <laughs> you know, mountains, I guess snow, or 
you know, Bigfoot. I, I believe mm-hmm. it. Now, the officers knew that clearly someone or something was in this cabin. Their all first thoughts were a bear came in, maybe broke into the cabin, killed him somehow. That would explain the scratch marks, you know, bitten off hand. Except if it's snowing, it's probably winter, and that's when bears would hibernate. Right. But, I mean, you know, your first thought isn't supernatural or Bigfoot or something like that. You know, if you're trying to be realistic, it's like, okay, they must have woken up a bear? I don't know. That, I guess impossible to wake up a bear that's hibernating, but okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be my first thought, honestly. So they end up following this trail, and it's about a two and a half mile hike through the snowy woods and mountains until they eventually get to this cave. You know, all of them are kind of nervous, they have their guns at the ready, and they go inside the cave, and it's not that deep of a cave. You know, it's a pretty open thing, but the weirdest thing about it was that in the center of the cave, there was the remains of a fire, and strung up to the ceiling with some sort of rope was Mary. Her arms were completely ripped off, tossed to the side of the cave, Her body was completely charred. It was like she was roasted above this fire. And when they were examining her arms, they could see all the bones. There was very little flesh left. It looked like something cooked her and ate her. How was she hanging from the ceiling if her arms are gone? It was like the rope was tied around her entire body. I don't know how the rope was in the cave, honestly. It just said they found her hanging from the cave and her arms were thrown off to the side. The cave was completely covered in bones and, you know, clearly something had been eating a lot of animals, maybe other people, I don't know, but they said there was a lot of bones. There was, like, a bed made of, like, leaves and other kind of, like, earthy material So something was clearly sleeping here, but the reason they realized not a bear was because she was tied up and roasted above a fire. So something cooked Mary alive. And at this point, the officers were like throwing up in the cave. They were just like completely like, oh my God, what happened? We have a serial killer here or something. I don't know. But then they kept going back to the scene of the crime and they're like, well, what serial killer would leave scratches? What could leave something this big of footprints in the snow? They had no idea. One of the officers decided that it would be a great idea for Trucky not to be exposed to a media circus. Instead of saying that they had some unexplained death, they decided to say that some out-of-town tourists renting a cabin for the weekend were killed by bears. And that is what they told the families, the local news, and, you know, no one batted an eye. They were like, You know, it's sad. A couple was killed by a bear. That was it. The only reason we have this information now was apparently one of the officers that went to this cave was an older gentleman. And as he was dying as a way, you know, on his deathbed to clear his conscience, he decided he wanted to tell someone about this experience he had. You know, maybe he felt bad because people that would disappear in the mountains and woods, you know, never went missing. My guess is that... He thought, I don't know, maybe he could have prevented it somehow if he told people about this thing. In the end, they didn't. And it was sad. And people go missing in national forests in the woods all the time. So it's like, you know, you never really know how these people go missing. Mm -hmm. 
But our story doesn't end there. The next part of this tale, and the final part to my knowledge, takes place in 2011, nearly 10 years later. On January 7, 2011, a group of college kids decided to rent a cabin in Truckee for the weekend. You know, they wanted to come up to the area to go snowboarding and basically party, get drunk, get high, you know, the normal college kid lifestyle. Their cabin wasn't very far from the one Josh and Mary had rented 10 years earlier. I couldn't find any names for the college kids, but, you know, I did find this story online, so take it with a grain of salt. Apparently, on the night they arrived to the cabin, they started hearing these weird screeching sounds that was, like, echoing in the forest, and they thought it was, like, an owl. One of the girls said that, you know, she'd never heard anything like it, it didn't sound like an owl, it didn't sound like a bear, I don't know how she knew what a bear sounded like, but whatever, that's what she was telling the other people. So, you know, they ignored it, and they continued to drink, have fun, they were playing games, and then eventually, they hear these two loud pounding noises on the front window. So one of the girls, she approaches the front window, flips on the porch light, thinking it's a neighbor. You know, they're a bunch of college students, they're probably being too loud, drinking, and it's a small mountain town. So once the lights are on, she pulls open the blinds, and that's when she sees this very big oval-faced creature with a long hooked nose and giant eyes staring at her. The only thing in between them was the glass of the front window. The girl immediately screams. She backs up, and this thing's head is huge, according to the kids, like the college students. They're like, it was so massive, and this thing starts breathing on the window pretty heavily, almost like it's panting, and it starts licking its lips, but all four of them start screaming, and for whatever reason, this thing decides to just leave. And it stands up, and apparently, like, it was like, hunched down looking into the window but stands up and it's much bigger and just leaves so now after a moment of everyone panicking the two guys in the group run to the kitchen they grab some knives and they go out the front door clearly a great idea it sounds like a horror movie in the making in my opinion they go out they don't see the creature and then they go out to the road where you know they turned into where the cabin was and further down the road they see this creature that's like and there were seven to eight feet tall with very long arms just off in the distance. And this thing's running. Its arms are swaying super long. It kind of turns for a moment, sees them, and then darts into the, the woods. I don't know whether or not these two stories are connected, if it's the same creature. I think it could be based on the fact that these cabins were very close to each other. But then you also have to argue there was a 10-year age gap in between the two stories. Was it a troll? Was it not? I don't know. I don't think it was Bigfoot. It didn't sound like Bigfoot to me. Tori, what are your thoughts on the uh, the trucky troll? There could have been a 10-year gap because maybe it only has to eat like once or twice per winter or something like that. Like maybe it doesn't have to eat as much. So it usually maybe stays in the forest. And he, it probably already has, like, hikers, maybe. And then when its food went lower, it went to the cabins. Like, I don't know. Um, definitely doesn't sound like Bigfoot. Bigfoot usually doesn't go into cabins and cause so much chaos. Also, why the hell did they grab knives and not, like, oh, I don't know, a gun? Well, you have to think, these are four college students. You'd think one of them are going to be carrying a gun going to the woods. 
Depending on what state they're in. California. Truckee. That's near Tahoe. Yeah. I would still say that they probably have a gun at their house. No way. I mean, if they if they rented a gun. Yeah, no, I mean, they, for bears and any other, like, wild animals, like, you want to have to ward them away, like. they First off, you can't walk around with a gun in California. No, which is why it would stay in the house. True. But, like, they're college. How many college students at SF State did you know carrying a gun? None, because that was a big city. They didn't have bears in the big city. True. I also don't know what college they went to, so who knows? Okay, but still, it's forest area. There are deers. There are bears. There's probably a Bigfoot somewhere. <laughs> you know, Bigfoot is literally everywhere in yeah, the forest. Yeah, but we're talking about the troll, not Bigfoot. Okay, but still, it probably has, like, big creatures... That you need to ward away. So you wouldn't carry it around town. But if you're alone in the house, in the woods or whatever, like, you need to be able to defend yourself from wildlife. Okay, we think about this. When we rented a cabin in Tahoe, we didn't bring guns. We went on hikes. Yeah, see, yeah, lawyered right there. <laughs> True, but we went on hikes during the day. When there were a bunch more people. Yeah, but they didn't go on hikes at night. They were in the cabin. But still, I feel like wildlife could come out more at night. But then again, it's still... I still do go back to the um, hibernation thing of the bears. And if any of them were, I don't know, science majors or whatever, they would probably know about bears hibernation. <laughs> and like what would be dangerous or anything like that. And... I feel like people have guns at their houses for wildlife. Like, I'm just going to leave it at that. Like, Sure. Oh, no, I, don't get me wrong. I, I definitely think locals would have guns. I don't think any person renting a cabin for the weekend is going to bring a gun to a rental. Maybe, unless the person was like, hey, like the person renting it to them was like, hey, do any of you guys like have a gun certificate? whatever, like, you can legally shoot this. If so, here's the gun just in case. Yeah, Maybe. I, I don't know. It's kind I of, don't know. I don't know. California, man. <laughs> still. On yeah. that note, I think it's time for us to go inside for the night. You know, it's been long. It's cold. I know you want to go inside where it's warm. I do have one question, though. Sure. We are not in one of those cabins, right? Oh my god, I hate you. Okay, don't say you hate me, because I know you love me, but if you continue to say you hate me, I'm gonna leave you out here and feed you the trucky troll. You wouldn't dare. Here, yeah, trolley, trolley, trolley. <laughs> really, that's the best you got, is here, trolley, trolley? Yes. Trucky Troll, come eat my girlfriend. Fine! Then I'm going inside and locking you out. Wait, what? No, no, yep. no, no. You can get no. eaten by yourself. In fact, you what? can stay outside all night no, for no, no, all no, I no, care. No, I was joking, I was joking. <laughs> no, I really don't, please don't leave me out here. What was that? I, I can't hear you over the sound of the door locking. Babe, come on. No, wait, no, babe, babe. Babe? Tori, let me in. No. 
babe. Here, trolley, trolley, trolley. Babe, 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 please let me in, please let me in. 